Hello and welcome to a very special episode of It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. And I'm Drew. And today we really are talking about them, aren't we? Yeah. Because this is our first full calendar year Mm -hmm. doing It's a Musical Podcast. Yes, so we are doing our year in review. We are. So what we have done is we have looked at... 51 of the 52 musicals we've watched this year and we have had to whittle them down to a top 10. Oh my days, it was hard. Yeah, it really was. We did not include West Side Story simply because obviously it's not been out as long and... You know, many people maybe wouldn't have had a chance to vote for it. We've had some great participation, so thank you to everyone who we're going to include. But it would have been unfair to West Side Story. So I think next year we will include West Side Story if we do this again. Hmm. How difficult did you find it to cut it down to 10? Trez. (laughs) Very difficult. It was really hard to... Not so much choose my top 10, but put them in order of my favourites. Have you made changes since you did your top 10 and then you loaded it up again? No. I have made one or two changes, but it was really, really difficult. And because in my mind as well, I well, don't... you've changed the order of them. I added one oh, as okay. well. Um it was really difficult as well, I found, because I didn't want it to just be like a top 10 star kid list, you know, or I didn't want it to be consumed by too many of the same people. Ooh, I don't have any star kid in my top 10. But, like in the same way, I didn't want too much Sondheim. I didn't want too much Andrew Lloyd Webber. I didn't want it to be a completely live theatre list. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very difficult, I found, because some of them I was thinking... If I have these, because we've seen a lot of live theatre this year, which has been fantastic. Yes. But I was like, if I've got these five, do I really want a sixth live theatre? Mm. Fair enough. And I, and I tried, to, I tried to think of it as fairly as I could, but it was difficult. I'd be really interested to see because we haven't looked at each other's lists at all. Yeah. And we haven't talked about this in advance, but I'd be interested to see if we have any that are at the same place. Yeah. Not so much like the same ones on the list, but any that are like, oh, at number two, we both have this. Like, yeah. This, so I, I'm really pleased that we've managed to compile our lists in secret. Mm-hmm. So when you hear each other's reactions, it's going to be very genuine. Yeah. And I hope elicit some good conversation. Yeah. As well as including some conversation from you lovely listeners out there. Thank you to everyone who has got involved and we will be adding your contributions in. Mm-hmm. So we're going to count down to New Year's in style. Obviously. You know, it's 10, 9, 8. <laughs> so we're going to start number 10. Yeah. What was your number 10 musical? What was your number 10 musical? I I went with one we actually covered in February. Very, very early on, but mm. one that stuck with me because of how beautiful and like poignant the story was. And I went with Billy Elliot. Okay, fair enough. I knew that would be on your list somewhere. I really? thought it would be higher than that. I very nearly left it off the list. Yeah, I did. It's not on my list. I very nearly left it off the list, but I really enjoyed it because I thought it had a really great mix of humour, 
but I also really liked the songs and I liked that this was a musical that for me was all about the the musicals as a platform for social commentary and change. Yeah. You know, that musicals as an art form don't just need to be a fun way to throw away two hours. Mm. That they can really provide necessary avenues for change. Yeah. And I really liked Billy Elliot. So this is the thing as well. I'm sure there are going to be someone, some on this list that I didn't get five stars to. Oh, probably. But, I, I, and I was thinking, so surely should it have only been five stars that I, I nominated. But then, actually, I thought, which ones have lived with me longer, even if I don't necessarily enjoy it well, the same way? There are definitely some on my list that you did not give five stars to, but that we quote all the time. Yes, <laughs> like or songs. songs and, you know, the songs that I've, we've played frequently will have increased my love of it. Like, my star rating is always a, a, a gut reaction. Yeah. You know, if we recorded a month in advance, then maybe my star rating would go up or down. Mm-hmm. But Billy Elliot, for me, was just one that I, I, I went into it expecting to like and obviously i'd seen a little bit of it yeah like angry dance still comes to mind if i get frustrated i will let out the billy elliott wail of ah! you See, know to me that's the troy bolton whale yes there's the troy bolton whale as well but before troy did it billy did it yeah and it's once it has stuck with me and i really love how it all culminates really nicely at the end where billy's dad tries to be a better person hmm. and is supportive of Billy. I just think it's a really lovely ending. I haven't gone to watch the actual film like I thought I would have by the end of this year. But it does make me want to see it. Yeah. What was your number 10? My number 10 is half a sixpence. Ah, is that on your list? It is not. No, I didn't think you would put it on there. I love this show and I believe it's going to be on somewhere. It is. I've seen that it's coming to, to London. Which, that would be great. I'd love to take you to see the stage show of that. And we could cover that because it's different from the film. But yeah, I always have a great time watching Half Sixpence. So what was it for you then that made a top ten entry? Fair pants. Stampy (laughs) feet. I sing that song all the time. Stick it in your family album. It's just very, very ingrained in my favourite musicals. There's some lovely things to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wish we could have a top 50. Because it would just be ranking all of them and leaving the Grinch out. Now, actually, scratch that. It'd be leaving the pirate movie out. Boo. I could do a top 50 easily if we, we <laughs> leave the pirate movie out. Mm-hmm. I I did really like Half a Sixpence. And I still remember things really fondly to it. You've got the really nice sequence, the choreography in the rain after the, the boat race. Mm-hmm. I, I felt I still remember feeling really bad for Kips and how like manipulated he's been and then he loses his money. Like it's awful. And mm. the songs are really catchy. But I, I just think it was also one of those ones we watched in two sittings. It is a long film, yeah. Yeah. And mm. I think that might be one of the things that detracted from my enjoyment of it. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> but Billy Elliot's quite a long one as well. Billy Elliot's really long and has a lot of things that for me kind of drag, whereas Half a Sixpence, I think it just flows really nicely all the way through. Half a Sixpence came at a nice stage as well, where it was just, we're freshly engaged and, mm-hmm. you know, all the weddingy stuff was quite nice. Yeah, that's why we picked it. Yeah. It was because of the engagement and the romance storyline. 
I also saw, because I was browsing what you can get, like, the musical theatre rights to for, like, school productions. Oh, you can. You can get it for this, can't you? But I saw that there's a really nice poster for half a sixpence where the S is the sixpence cut in half. So you have, like, the top half of the S and then the second half of the S made out of a sixpence. With the banjo in it? No, so you've just got the sixpence cut in half. So you've got one half that is, like, the top of the S and then it slides down... Yeah, because the new poster is... And I thought it was nice. I don't know whether it's the A or the E in Sixpence, where it is the banjo. Yeah. Because that's like the a key part of it, more so in the stage show than it is in the film. It's definitely one that actually I would be very eager to have a conversation about staging that one. Mm, I think fun. it'd be fun. Obviously, the issue you have with it is making sure that you've got a leading actor who can play the banjo or somebody in your orchestra pit who can play the banjo yeah and you have a very real demand there that as a school it's not always feasible yeah i think that you know that brings us on nicely to number nine but before we get to my number nine and your number nine, we're actually Mm going to hear from one of our listeners and our first listener we are going to talk about is jackie Brockbank, who reached out to us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. In, and this one didn't make my list, but was so close. And at one point was number 10 on my list. Right. Blood Brothers. I didn't put that in at all. It never gets old or any less powerful, despite having seen it five times or more. Favourite narrator? Mine so far is Dean Chisnell. Charismatic, menacing and an outstanding voice. Could go on about this all day. I saw Robbie Scotcher last week. Very good too. I wish they'd make a new soundtrack with Lynn Paul. Her voice is Mrs. Johnston to me. Mm -hmm. And I love Blood Brothers. Like We had a great time watching Blood Brothers and obviously talking with Robbie Scotcher, who is the narrator as well. I thought, and for me, he is now my definitive narrator in the role. You know, I've seen a lot of versions and I've also watched the old VHS that has Andrew Schofield, who was the original narrator. Yeah. I absolutely adore Robbie Scotch's performance. And obviously we were very lucky to have the opportunity to talk to him about the role of the narrator and his career. But Blood Brothers, I think, ultimately didn't make my list. Because whilst it is a musical... And whilst I do see it very, very regularly, I don't think some of the songs are as catchy in the same way songs I've got on here have been. Mm. And I also know that because it, it it is such a depressing musical, I love it. I absolutely love it. I've already got... I've got one that's already quite upsetting at times in Billy Elliot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I know what I'm going to get with Blood Brothers. And I know it's always going to be good. And I know it's always going to move me. But there's other things on here that I just think I enjoyed more this year. If that makes sense? Yeah. So Blood Brothers didn't make your list. No, it did not. But then I didn't rank it very high when we did it. I didn't give it many stars. Yeah. But you don't see... Again, it's the same musical thing, isn't it? That for you it's... Barely. Never quite made that musical list for me. I, I know that it is one, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads us on then nicely to number nine. Mm-hmm. So what did you put as your number nine? So this one wasn't going to make my list. And 
I had to do some deep thinking about whether or not I was going to put it on. But it's like a it's a combined two for one. So I put Bedknobs and Broomsticks as number nine. Okay. Both the film and the stage show because we saw both. And I was saying to you in the car the other day, I don't know whether I liked the stage show or not because I really enjoyed it. And then the big twist happened at the end and I was so mad about it. But then... I really enjoyed myself despite that. So it was, I felt like it had to go on my list somewhere. And this is where it fell. Now, I have done the same that Bed Knobs... What, number nine? No, oh. not number nine. Bed Knobs is a two for one. Mm-hmm. And I remember not being as huge a fan of the film, but really enjoying the musical. And I have got it on my list but it's a two for one as well which i know is very cheeky but technically is the same property Mm -hmm. i completely agree with you that the twist was huge yeah and i'm not opposed to the twist Mm -hmm. we obviously talked in our episode about the musical live from the new victoria theater in woking about how you can keep that ending but maybe change it and make it more palatable yeah but i i do firmly feel i guess we'll talk about bed knobs now because we can skip it when it comes up on my list the cast for the live show is just phenomenal that you do have diane pilkington very successfully bringing eglantine to life yep and the fact that you are following up on angela lansbury yeah is huge hmm. you know it's it takes a very special kind yeah of the cast are amazing the whole cast and that whole show is so good i really hope it gets a like a home base theater because it, it is so so good i know disney like to have a couple of west end shows and a tour do you think and this is just me playing devil's advocate i've not heard any rumors or anything to suggest yet but a rotation with Bed knobs and Mary Poppins that would not be surprised. But the theatre that holds Mary Poppins holds it for a calendar year mm-hmm. whilst Bed knobs tours and then they swap. Yeah. Well they closed um Aladdin, I think it was, to open for Mary Poppins. Was the last one I in there. I think they're different theatres. I'm sure it's the same theatre. No, I think they're different because Aladdin is by Cursed Child but around the back of Cursed Child. But to get for Mary Poppins, it's closer to uh, Trafalgar Square, I think. I'm not certain. My geography's not very good. But yeah, maybe there is space where Aladdin was. I think, we, yeah, obviously the cast were phenomenal. And, you know, especially Rob Madge. Mm-hmm. We, we went on for hours about how much we loved them mm-hmm. as yeah, and you bought their book. Fish. Yes, I did. I, I bought their, I think it was What's On Stage that put it up as best. Uh, it, it got a nomination. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did buy a copy of... My son's a queer, but what can you do? And it is signed by Rob Madge, which makes me so happy because I love them. That is exciting. It's very, very exciting. But the whole cast as well, like, I just want to talk about two individuals. You've obviously got Charles Brunton doing an amazing job as Amelius, Connor O'Hara with their professional debut, 
you've obviously got some phenomenal orchestration with it as well and the puppetry for the island of no people sequence is, is is amazing and it does do a really good job of it existing enough and making a few changes to the source material yeah but then again the source material was so brilliant angela lansbury was amazing as eglantine mm. and you know you you've got the iconic line but what's that got to do with my knob? Yeah, that's true. We didn't have that. But that's why I put the film and the show at the same yeah. level. But it is. I think the reason the, the show works as well as it does is because it's nostalgia driven. Yeah. That it's nice to see these moments brought to life. Like seeing the... Oh, what's the song where they're on, um, when they go shopping? Portobello Road. Seeing Portobello Road brought to life in front of you is amazing. Hmm. But would it be as amazing if it wasn't for the film? I think, yeah, the the show yeah. only works because of the film. Mm-hmm. So was, what's your number nine? My number nine is another bit of live theatre. Yeah. It was Be More Chill. Oh, fair enough. That one is not on my list, but that is one of my honourable mentions. I'm really surprised it's not on your list. I know. So you actually got me tickets to see Be More Chill for my 30th birthday that obviously got cancelled. That didn't happen, yeah. Do you remember what you said to me? I was disappointed because I didn't want to see it. Yeah. I, I, Do you know what I felt like? I felt like it was more a gift for you. It kind of was. Do, do you know what I mean? That... You had spoken a lot about Be More Chill to me, and it was a... a, a I was trying so hard to get you to like that's it. That's what I mean. It was it was one that whenever you were driving, that was what you played. And I'll be honest, I was a little sick of it. <laughs> so when you gave me those tickets, great, I was going to go to the theatre with you. Yeah. But I felt like you had bought something for you mm. as opposed to me. Something for... Us, darling. I, I know, but it's like in the same way as like I got you waitress tickets and I know you've seen waitress many a time for Valentine's Day and I loved it as well. It was for both of us. Mm-hmm. But also I knew because it was having Sarah Bareilles as yeah, Jenna. Yeah, that's different. And I knew that that was one that you were like, yes, I have to see this. I tried to get you tickets to Phantom for Valentine's Day, but I wasn't spending that much. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? But I, I wasn't necessarily hyped by Be More Chill. And then when I saw it was coming back to the West End, I was like, right, we have to go and see it because I know how much you love this one. And obviously, we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I loved it. I was completely wrong. It's a <laughs> musical that I think certainly that you have to see live to truly appreciate. Yeah. Does the soundtrack do it justice? No. Mostly because you would never be able to figure out the plot based on just yes, the soundtrack. Yes, that's exactly what my problem was, that I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around it. But now I can listen to the soundtrack and visualise everything. Christy. <laughs> well, this is We it. do that all the time. We really, really do. But I also think the great thing is, like, if you just look at the cast, like Stuart Clark as the squip is one of the most handsome performers I've ever seen on stage. <laughs> I have such a crush on Stuart Clark. Danny has a type. <laughs> but like, I wear my creep t-shirts. Yep. We, fun story. We were going Christmas shopping around Kingston mm-hmm. the other day and we popped into Lush because we need to get some bath bombs. Teaching us a stressful job. Yep. And the person who served me at the till, mm-hmm. first thing they saw 
was me in my creep t-shirt and like yeah. oh my god did you see be more chill and we were talking all about it apparently one of their friends boyfriends was jeremy was jeremy was was scott folan cool i can't remember the exact connection but we had to talk about it but i think it's just with be more chill the music is amazing mm-hmm. the set pieces were great and I just, I think it was so amazing to see this really young cast up on stage. Yeah. And I, But then also you had like Christopher Fry as Jeremy's dad with mm. the, the pants song. Yeah. It's just great. And obviously you can't talk about it without talking about Michael. And seeing Blake Patrick Anderson absolutely nail the vulnerability of Michael in the bathroom. Yeah. I loved every second of Be More Chill. And I hope he gets, a, again, another permanent residence, because I would love to see that again. Hmm. Why didn't it make your list then, considering we started this year with you liking it more than me? Well, I, it would have, but then there are things on here that, like... Just overpowered just it. Just overpowered it. I think you're going to be surprised by some of the things that made it onto my list. Yeah. But it's just for the, like... Or it will be for more of, like shows that i hadn't watched since i was a kid and then i suddenly was like oh this is why this is a classic because it's so good that's fair enough so before we get to number eight Mm -hmm. this one is also kind of a a comment that i should have included in our episode on west side story yeah but We'd recorded West Side Story by that point in Mm -hmm. time. Uh, I'm going to include it now because I think it is a really, really great comment. This comes from Joshua Luke, who is jbird underscore 89 on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was blown away by this movie. Really a great way to honour the original show, movie, and to bring the story forward and become more relevant. Plus some wonderful performances. I cried at the trailer and then sobbed my way through much of the film. So rare to find a movie that gives you that same feeling you get in the theatre. And I think that's a really beautiful way to describe West Side Story. You know, Yeah, that one isn't on my list because it's literally the last one we did. Yes. And I didn't know whether it was going to make the list or not. Exactly. And I'm going to include that now. I know we, we said we're not including West Side Story, but I think, A, I didn't get to include it last week. Mm-hmm. But this is that's such a beautiful comment to have and I didn't want it to get lost to the internet. Yeah. My number eight. This is one I think you might be surprised that I've included, but... There is one song from this that I have played a heck of a lot in the car since April. Since April? That's not going to help me. Is it Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? It is Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. That one is also on my list, but it's higher. Okay. Does it surprise you that I've included it? No, not at all. Why do you think I've included it? One song. I love to dance, dance a little, little sad step. <laughs> I, oh man, I have never. How, many, how often do we listen to that song? It just fills me with such joy. And like as a song, the second it started, I was expecting it to be the most filler and the most like bland and pointless song. Mm. I was like, oh, I don't care about this governor character. Who is this character? And it just becomes this amazing little ditty. Yep. I love the hijinks of it, but I also love that there's some real heart to it. Mm. I think one of my favourite moments of it throughout the whole episode was like watching it and making all these jokes, like laughing to myself as I was like, and I will always love you. And then it shows up at the end. I was like, 
Oh my that god. That is exactly why it made my list. And I'll tell you when we get to what number it is. But the reason why it is so high on my list is because of the moment where you turned to me when we were watching it and you were like, oh, it sounds like a country version of And I Will Always Love You. And I was like, yeah, I know. But this is it. Like, it's <laughs> not necessarily the best musicals that we've watched. Like, objectively... There are, there are maybe 40 better musicals that we've watched this year than the best little whorehouse in Texas, potentially. How dare you? But if you look at the list. But yeah, like because of the reaction, and that's what all of this is about, you know? I didn't start this podcast to force you to watch musicals. Despite what you say in the intro. Despite what I say in the intro. It was so that we had kind of a standing date. Yeah. That we watch these movies and talk about them and get like into the nitty gritty of enjoying them and it's fun. Yeah. Like we we enjoy making this podcast and that show was one that I was like we had the best time watching that yeah. film. Yeah. And I really again, no expectations going in. Mm-hmm. I got to see some boobs. Yep. <laughs> see Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And and just Dolly Parton as well, mm-hmm. you know. It was a really really fun show which again I would love to see this on stage. Yep. I would also love to see a Muppet version of it. Oh my God, yes. The Muppets Best Little Whorehouse in Texas would be amazing. Would be absolutely amazing. You still have Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds and then everybody else is a Muppet. I don't know. I kind of want to see Miss Piggy as Dolly. (laughs) That's because Miss Piggy wishes she was Dolly. But do you know what I mean? Like, I'd like to see that. Yeah. And have Kermit be Burt Reynolds in a nice little sheriff outfit. Yeah. Who would you have as the governor it has to be like Fozzie. The one that sings Sidestep? Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be Fozzie. <laughs> the other thing I remember with it is the opening as you got like the detective looking through the little glasses going, it was the best little whorehouse that ever was. You ever did see. <laughs> just loved and then it. like you zoom out and it's naked girls. And it's just like, like oh. this really wholesome way to open it. It's like, you know, Christmas films where you start with people in front of the fireplace about to read you a book. And then you get this guy going on about whorehouses and you're like, what is this movie? And it didn't disappoint. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And it's number eight for me. My number eight would be a trilogy if you would let me put the whole High trilogy. High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, but I have just put the first one because that's Which what started the whole thing. Is funny. Isn't the best High School yeah, that's Musical? That's what's film. funny is because you think the second one is the best. The second one is the best. I yeah. objectively believe the third one is the best. Why? But- because you don't have to watch them anymore after this one. I actually like where it goes more so in the third one. Ah! Yeah, you get Troy Bolton's angry dance, but you've also... You, you get Troy Bolton spinning around in a corridor that actually moves. And actually, Miss Darbis doesn't annoy me as much as she does in the first one. Fair enough. But I would say if I was... You won't be surprised. High School Musical is not on my list. Yeah, no, I know. If I was going to put one for the most fun I had... Mm-hmm recording an episode it'd be high school musical 2 because my passionate defense of troy bolton is one of the favorite things we've done if that's Mm. my legacy when i die i'm gonna make you a t-shirt that says i support troy bolton yeah i i i really enjoyed the recording Mm. and all that why is high school musical one made your list then because if it didn't exist we wouldn't have the others so i i mean for that purpose i could have put grease on here because if that didn't exist we wouldn't have high school musical but we haven't watched grease and 
I love High School Musical. I think it's amazing. And I couldn't justify putting it higher up on my list because the rest of the shows that I have on here, I was like, no, these are the the ones that I want to see on my like top seven. But yeah. High School Musical is where it's at. I just think with High School Musical, my issue is very much like how low budget it feels. And it really wants you to be part of something and then it forget. It, it is like P.T. Barnum and, and Greatest Showman in the way that it wants you to think they do better by the circus side acts than it actually does. Oh, you want they want you to think that Troy is more part of the team than he actually is. Yeah, they is. want you to think that being a wildcat is this really sacred thing. I was going to say, what team, Danny? <laughs> but yeah, but they want you to think that being a wildcat is like something everyone's in on and it is a pure thing. And it really isn't. And, and like the fact that I am probably supposed to be on everyone else's side and that Troy's lost who he is. And maybe I'd have had a different response if I watched it when I was younger. But Troy is so awesome, and like he he puts everyone <laughs> puts everyone else first, and it's probably this is why it's on my list. <laughs> only fitting we talk about High School Musical, considering it's a New Year's musical, mm-hmm. because which means I get to watch it on New Year's Eve, as opposed to forcing me to watch it on my birthday. Yep. <laughs> God, I dread to think what you've got in store for me on my thirty-second birthday. We'll see. We're going to go straight into number seven, mm-hmm. and this is where I made a late change. Right. I had... So I've removed Cats. Boo! You know what place Cats is in my list. I, I can guess. I Right, I loved Cats. And yeah. Cats would now be my number 11 choice. We are not talking about the uh, film, but no, because way, we, we haven't covered that yet. Because we haven't watched the film since we saw it at the cinema, because we are going to be covering it. For my birthday! For our second episode in January. Yeah. We're going to be watching the James Corden Cats movie and see how well it's aged. And if whether or not they fix the animation. I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed the, the 1997 version. Yeah. I love Skimble Shanks, mm-hmm. but... We listen to that all We'll the talk time about too. Cats when we get to yours, I'm sure. Yeah. I realised I didn't have any Sondheim on my list. What did you put? I put into the woods. Oh, I put company. I was. It, it was really, really because we only those were the only two without West Side Story. I know those were the only two we had, and I really liked Company. But I think seeing the stage production of Into the Woods. Did we do Into the Woods this? Oh no, I missed it. Yeah, oh, we, damn. we did because we had the bit with the narrator and we had the real into we the did woods. the stage version. And oh. I just thought as much as I love company and, and <clears throat> terrific, you know, uh, I'm not getting married today is. Mm. And there were some amazing songs and the performances from like Neil Patrick Harris were fantastic. Yeah. Into the Woods was just great. And obviously we covered the film, but to see the actual wolf outfit. Yep. To have the awesome split screen effect of the staging mm-hmm. and just to hear that rhythm done live. I know that obviously he was fault. on. Your fault. <laughs> I know he was on the set for the film. Mm. And it's still amazing in the film, but knowing that that was done in front of a live theatre of people yeah. is special. And it's why Sondheim will be missed because just his ability to craft this amazing music Hmm. is unlike anyone else I've seen. And I see it duplicated or emulated in so much other things. Like we were watching the Grinch and I was like, Oh, this is, this is remarkably Sondheim. So I couldn't not have a Sondheim on my list. I had to have into the woods. Cool. That was my number seven. 
Fair enough. I put company because I at missed. At seven? Yeah. Wow. So there we go. Yeah, we both went for sometimes in the same place. But the only reason I put company is because I obviously missed the fact that Into the Woods was on there. So can I ask then, are you making a late change? I might make a change from company to Into the Woods. Into the Woods is one of my favourite musicals ever. You, I'm, If you want to make the change. So yeah, I'm going to. Uh, the only reason I shall allow it, loyal listeners, is because Drew must have missed it. I didn't. I thought that I was just reading it wrong and we did it well, last year. Because we did. We watched the film and I forgot that we then covered the stage show. But this is what is difficult with it is because I'm looking at some of these thinking, God. So so I've got like the full list alphabet, you know, like by, by week. We covered Mary Poppins very early on in the year, like in February. Mm. But does it feel like it's been, that it feels like it's been shorter than that? You know, in the same way that Pippin was the 19th show of the year. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Like half a sixpence was 37. That was uh, mid-September. Mm-hmm. That's not that long ago, but it feels like yesterday. And when you live on a <laughs> when you live on a schedule of watching musicals, they tend to you tend to forget how quickly time passes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, wow. There we go. We've got one same same spot seven into the woods. Why into the woods? Uh, I love it. I love. I love the film, right? I, I think the Disney film is really good. I think the fact that Sondheim was involved in the discussions around what they were going to cut and what they were going to leave in yeah. is sensible. But I love all the stuff with the narrator, the death of the narrator, Rapunzel's death, and this, the plot line with the baker's dad being there the whole time and it not just being the baker telling the story in hindsight so it loops round like... All the stuff that happens in the stage show is just so, so funny. Yeah. Because it is all a satire, you know? And that's the way I want it. No, I, I agree. And I think it does a lot of great things with what it is to be a fairy tale story. Mm-hmm. Has my favourite line from any Sondheim musical as well, which is, ah, I pulled it from a maiden in a tower. <laughs> <laughs> which is just great. It's fantastic. And I love it. So we are going to go over to Tony from Theatre Flashbacks, who one of our favourite podcasters. If you haven't gone and listened to any of the Theatre Flashbacks, either the musical motifs or the A to Z of musicals, go and, and listen. They are amazing and I absolutely adore them. And I love the fact that they get involved in our conversations yeah. as well. We want they, all the musical people to talk to us. Absolutely. They've given us a top five. Right. But in no particular order. All right, okay, cool. So. My kind of people. The film of Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Right. Slipper and the Rose. Mm-hmm. Calamity Jane. Nice. Half a Sixpence. Nice. And everyone's talking about Jamie, the film. Oh, that's interesting. Interestingly, they're all films rather than actual stage productions. Apart from Jamie, they're films that I've grown up with and loved for a very long time. I know them very well, so it was nostalgic to hear you talk about them. Bed Knobs was the first of your podcasts I discovered. Loved it. Huge thanks for doing this. I always appreciate your commitment. Oh, cute. We've talked about Half a Sixpence. We've talked about Bed Knobs. There are some more that you've mentioned that are on my list. We will be talking about Slipper and the Rose for my list and as well. And Clam for mine. Did everyone's talking about Jamie make your list? No. No, it didn't. Because they cut my favourite song and I'm bitter. It didn't make my list. But it, I, I've said it, 
already a, a lot. We should make a T-shirt that says, it made me want to see the stage show. Yeah. It makes me want to see the stage show, but I'm I'm still a little, like, bitter. I'm still mad about the casting yeah, decisions. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why you wouldn't cast actual drag queens in a show about drag queens, like the stage show But in does. the same way, like you, you were saying as well, is why is a straight man teaching Jamie about his gay identity? Yeah. And, I can live without that. Yeah, and I think that... that if you want to hear more about that, you can go back and yeah, listen to our episode on it. But. It, it is a fine musical, and I, I certainly like it. Mm-hmm. I think my issue with the film version, like I said, was the fact that all the songs are kind of downbeat, and I've got no issue with that. I, I enjoyed Miss Saigon, I love Les Mis, but I thought everyone's song about Jane would be far more upbeat and positive than it actually ended up being. Yeah. Plus that teacher is awful. Yeah, she's the worst. But then you're supposed to hate her, so at least she did that that well. Hmm. Number six. Number six. So I'll go with mine first, is where I actually placed bed knobs and broomsticks. Yep. Fair enough. We've talked about bed knobs and broomsticks, but what was your number six? My number six was the best little whole house in Texas. Wow. So there we go. We've talked about our ones. Yeah, we've talked about them already. Yeah. It's good. It is good. Um I quite like that we've got some mutuals on this list. Yeah, I'm me st- too. I'm really pleased. I'm, I like. I really like that we've both put Best Little Whole House in Texas because we both had a really good time watching that film. And it is just funny. It is a funny old movie. It is. So I guess then we should go over to Laura Jane Thompson, who is on Twitter at Lausit Jane, L-A-U-S-I-E-T. So first of all, they actually tagged us with their Spotify wrapped. Mm-hmm. Because we were their number one podcast of 2021. Aww. Which is so phenomenal. Like, thank you. Yeah. And they then commented with their top ones. Thank you. It's a musical pod. I have loved discovering you this year. My recent favourite has got to be Little Women. So much so I started adding more to my unofficial fan fiction sequel. I want to read this, please. I love the story so much. Other favourites have got to be Frozen which we will be talking about, mm-hmm. Camp Rock and High School Musical 3. Woo-hoo. We've talked about High School Musical, and yeah. I guess we can... I mean, where does 3 rank for you? Does 3 it... is the worst one. Okay. I <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fair. My hot take is that it goes 2-1-3. I, I do really like... I do really like his shouty song, but that should have been the song he auditioned with. Yeah, I love all of the songs. I love all of the high school musicals. But if you were like, you can only watch one, I would pick number two. Yeah. And then go back to the original one and then watch number three. But number three has things like, can I have this dance? I love that song. It has... The great like prom song. Yeah. um, Where they're getting ready. It's gonna be a night. Yeah, Night to Remember. That's a great song. (laughs) Like... Um, Troy Bolton does his he puts on the little powder blue suit yes. and he's like too tight it makes me look weird and he does his little hip thrust it's so good I'm obsessed Camp Rock hasn't made my list it hasn't made mine either I remember Camp Rock because it was a oh no we have to record something we were going to be watching Public Domain and Danny is ill. Oh, you were too ill to leave the house. And we're like, we need something. Yeah. And we put Camp Rock on. And it was okay. You were in like a fever dream the whole time. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to watch Camp Rock too. 
we definitely need to work towards Camproc too. We still need to finish 100%. Descendants. We do need to finish Descendants. I've been too sad to finish Descendants. Yeah, we need to finish Descendants and then I, I guess cover Descendants four in the same breath. Yeah, because well, it's really short. But yeah, we'll do Descendants and then we'll watch Camproc two. And then we'll start a new. And then Zombies two. We'll start a new decom one as well. Oh god, there's something. There are no decoms on my list for the record. Rude. <laughs> Although, shout out, I did enjoy Hannah Montana, the movie. And it's Hannah Montana, the movie was so good. I just loved having Laurie here to record mm. that episode. Like, yeah, the only fun. episode we've actually had someone else to record with. And it was nice. Yeah. Shout out to Laurie. You are really? our best She definitely doesn't ever. listen to this, by the way. <laughs> My best friend does not listen to our podcast. Well, she'll never hear the shout out then. Number five. So, number five. For you... I, I guess maybe we'll, we'll go with what my number five was because Laura Jane referenced it. Was Little Women the musical? Oh, cool. I, I'll be honest, I didn't go in expecting much mm. just because I remember the film and I remember being just a little bit. The film went on, you know. It is one of those that really lends itself to being a musical because if you get bored of all of the like interpersonal relationships, at like a really calm level, then there's a song happening and you yeah. can be engrossed in that instead. But it was just really nice to go into a really intimate theatre. Yeah. With this thrust stage. To this intimate story. And you had some absolutely incredible performances. I mean, Lydia White was just amazing as Joe. Mm-hmm. I still remember these brilliant bits where she's telling the story to Professor Bauer. And, like, she's mouthing the lines as people are singing them behind her. And Mm. just this brilliant culmination of her story is great. But the absolute heartbreak when Beth dies. Yeah. And how beautifully they staged that. And these really amazing relationships, you know, with her parent. Savannah Stevenson was amazing as Marmee. And I still hated, 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 hated Amy. But that's because Mary Moore did such a great job at making this character so unlikable. And you have that really beautiful moment with uh, Brian Prothero when he's playing on the the piano. Come with me off to Massachusetts. Yeah. And like (laughs) when they reprise it in the second act when they know she's dying, like it's really, really beautiful. You're getting sad. I am getting sad. (laughs) But I guess also on a personal note, just the fact that this was such a brilliant show. Mm -hmm. We we went to see it in in the previews. And then a few weeks later, a trailer came out for it. And and promotional stuff came out for it. And we were listed. We were were listed on it. And it was one of the first. And it's not why this ranks highly. This would still rank highly despite that. But just in terms of like a personal milestone for this podcast. I ranked it higher than you have. It is going to show up on my list. Why did you rank it higher? Or why? Why did you? Because I rank... cried all the way through it yeah. in the in the theater around other human beings. I sat and I cried from the moment it started. Yeah. Because I've been desperate to see this show live for years and years and years. Well, this is it, and the whole show was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's closed now. It, it luckily got to finish its run, and I think you know, following on Twitter. They did an amazing job to keep it going despite getting hit by COVID. Yeah. And it's a testament to this amazing cast. I I loved it. And I would see it again. Put it on the West End. Yeah. Even if it's just for a month, put it on the West End. 
yeah i would absolutely go and see this again it's such a good show but i think in the same way that just the actual music is so good too like we talked about mindy dickstein's lyrics and they're so clever the fact that they keep this kind of classical language Mm -hmm. and they keep the words of these characters but also become their own thing yeah christopher columbus it was so good (laughs) what's it in magnificent splendor in magnificent splendor it was great and it was just so much fun rodrigo appears I love Rodrigo. So that's my halfway mark then, isn't it? Number five was Little Women. We're in the top five. Mm. So it's in the top 10%. Yeah, I don't know. My maths is right. Let's not do that. It's in my top 10% of musicals. Cool. Yeah. What was your number five? The Phantom of the Opera, 2004 (laughs) movie. Controversial. I don't care. I said this when we recorded our episode on it. I know people hate this film. I understand why people hate this film. Objectively, from a movie-making standpoint, this is not good. And from a... Actually, I would argue there are some nice things, like the way the colour bleeds in at the start. There are some nice moments to the filming of this. But then also from a adaptation standpoint... There are some really weird and interesting choices made in this. I still don't care. I still think it's great. The only thing that lets it down for me... Oh, no, there are two things that lets it down for me. This, the reason why it's not higher up on my list. Yeah. I love Phantom of the Opera. I love the story. I love the music. I think it's great. I will publicly disown Andrew Lloyd Webber. I don't care. But this show means a lot to me. However, there are two things in this film that let it down, so it can't be higher. The first one is that the Phantom, we see as an audience the Phantom on the roof when Christine and Raoul are singing. Oh my God, his weird like snotty face. Yeah, where he's like crying on the roof and you're like, it's scarier when you pop up and we don't know that you were there because that's what happens in the stage show. We didn't know he was there the whole time. Yeah, because there's more like, oh no, oh no. Oh no, he heard all of that. And I don't don't mind seeing the Phantom cry. Like that's not an issue. I don't have like, oh, men should cry. But But it's because... You, you're what you're supposed to see is you have Christine and Rao sing this beautiful love song, and you're either like, "Oh, that's lovely; they should be together," or you're bored. Yes. And then to counter that, as they leave, suddenly the Phantom is there on top of the angel, and he's crying, and you're like, "Oh no, he heard this whole thing," and then he immediately goes from being sad into, "If I can't have you, nobody can. I'm going to kill your boyfriend," and it's this whole like emotional arc really quickly and they ruined it by being like oh yeah they're singing their pretty song over there but look the phantom's here hiding it's like i didn't need to see that and the second one is masquerade why is everybody dressed in black and white the whole song literally lists the colors that everybody is wearing yeah it would be like doing joseph's technicolor dream coat and being like it was red and yellow and having him in a white coat yeah so yeah, that's why it's so high. I, I talk passionately about Phantom. I enjoy Phantom. I like that it has the horse. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoy Phantom. Yeah, I. You know, I, I think I prefer the Royal Albert Hall version to the film, but I I I, I see the filmic potential in it. I think Joel Schumacher made some good choices. Mm-hmm. I think there are some weird choices. Uh, obviously, as well, the singing is an issue. 
I don't care. I'm usually singing over it. No, I know. The singing is, is objectively better in the live Albert Hall version we watched. Obviously, because they cast uh, fully trained adults and I do like singers. the cast they've got for this. Hmm. Yeah, Phantom. That's a good chat. did not make my list, mostly because I wanted one Andrew Lloyd Webber. I didn't want to do more Andrew Lloyd Webber than... than, than... I think I know which Andrew Lloyd Webber We'll get there. Him. I mean, we're in the top top four now mm-hmm. so uh we're gonna go over to ray of not before coffee yay hi ray you know we we were really lucky this year one of the things that i set out as a new year's resolution is i wanted to bring guests onto the podcast and once we figured out the format of it's your favorite musical podcast i think we we're off to the races and i really loved those opportunities to talk with other people so obviously we had friend of the podcast jared good on from midnight musicals to talk about the kiss of the spider woman mm-hmm. we had ray on to talk about one of the the musicals that she said was her favorite was slipper and the rose we had both ian and georgia from the best film ever podcast on and we are going to have hopefully liam and ethan from best film ever come on for future episodes to talk about their favorite musicals of all time and we had ellie from the flame podcast which was a huge thing for you because you're a big fan formative podcast yeah you are a big fan of les hangout so that for you was maybe the same moment i'd had with seeing us on the promotional material for little women Mm -hmm. and we had agent scott from spy hards as well talking about rocky horror picture show so i've been really you know loved and thank you to all of those people that i've listed for being part of it's your favorite musical podcast we loved having you on and your brother obviously it's not forget jake yeah who is our guinea pig to make sure we could work the technology yeah so ray said that her favorite musicals were the slipper and the rose which is one she talked about and calamity jane calamity jane is on your list yep but my number four to lead in really nicely from Ray is The Slipper and the Rose. I understand why. I had no expectations going into this one. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen Cinderella done a lot. Was not a big fan of the Whitney Houston version. Fair enough. And I definitely had beer goggles on for Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. Because, like, first time back in a theatre since October. Is that what you're calling October. it? Yeah, you know what it is where you're just slightly in a haze. Rose-tinted glasses. That's it, rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I've listened to some of the songs from Cinderella since. Mm-hmm. But it didn't offer anything new to the formula. But Slipper and the Rose did. Because Slipper and the Rose, for me, gave us more insight into the prince. Yeah. We also had the tremendous sequence where things start transforming and you you saw like the frog and the mouse get turned. Oh, the ballet then, mice. But they were the oh little ballet mice, they were the I little actors. And I, I just had such a great time watching this musical. And, oh man, yeah, obviously we've got the Sherman Brothers on in bed knobs and broomsticks, but MVPs of the year, mm-hmm. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Mary Poppins Returns, not quite then, but obviously heavily inspired. Mm-hmm. Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Slipper and the Rose. We've covered so many Sherman We're doing pretty brothers. well on the Sherman Brothers. And I, to be honest, I could have had... I could have put Chitty on here as well. But yeah, because same, but I didn't. Because Slipper and the Rose was high-ranking for me anyway. Mm. Like, 
I put it on my list of the top 10 movie musicals that we contributed to the Best Film Ever podcast. Yeah. It had to be high up on my list. Because that wasn't prohibited by things we've covered. You know, I could have Rocky Horror and Little Shop of Horrors and Sweeney Todd. But I had Sipper in the Rose and I couldn't put Sipper in the Rose, like, lower down. Yeah. Because if Bedknobs and Broomsticks didn't make it and Best Little Whorehouse didn't make it onto my list for them... Mm. it should be higher you i just a song from this gets stuck in my head all the time what one? Oh ho ho what a comforting thing to know yeah. <laughs> it's such a good song i had but met... they're like swinging around the crypt yeah. and I... um oh my god what's it called da, 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 da. a bride finding ball yeah. That was a good song i i had a really really good time with this one and i didn't expect it and you know ray Thank you so much for introducing us to this one. You know, you've you've enriched my life with your podcast as it is. Yeah. But you you found a musical. You did Drew's job for her. Mm-hmm. You found a musical that I would love. You, I think you enjoyed it just as much as me. You've never seen it and we had a great time watching it. Mm-hmm. Did it rank for you at all? It didn't. Is it on the periphery? It would be, yeah. It'd be so, like 11 or 12. But that's pretty good for a musical neither of us had heard of. Mm-hmm. So what was your number four? My number four is Calamity Jane. Jeez, that's so cool though. Like in terms of... Right, I genuinely... <laughs> I genuinely don't know what Drew's list is. Mm-hmm. The fact that I put Ray there, I was like, it's good because it's Zipper in the Rose. But the fact it worked out brilliantly that we've, we're both talking about Ray's favourites here. Yeah. Why I enjoyed Calamity Jane. And it's up there because it's a lot of fun. Why is it number four for you? This was one of those shows I hadn't seen since I was a kid. And I was like, obviously we have to watch it. It's a classic. And I was actually pretty trepidatious going into it with you because I was like, how badly aged is this going to be? Yeah. And yes, there are a couple of things (laughs) that show up. But overall, this show aged really well. The storyline of Kalam and Katie Brown, Kalam and Katie, are just so great. I like love she's the... pretending to be Adelaide Adams, and I really love the bit where they fix the house up together. Yeah, the like women's this... touch. Yeah, they're this little married couple, and I think you're right that there's a very queer reading. Yeah, for Calamity Jane, absolutely. And had that film been made today, I feel like that'd be much more explicit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because really the romance with the guys comes in at because like the last to. five minutes because yeah. they were like, oh yeah, this, this happens in films. They get with them happily ever after the end. Yeah. Whereas it actually wasn't that important. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll cover Kiss Me Kate get... oh, yeah, we will. at some point in the future. Kiss but... Me Kate's great. Which will I prefer, do you think? Because they're, they're kind of similar. They're both, they're both pretty upbeat, funny vibes. I don't know. I I preferred this. I love Calamity Jane. I wanted to be her when I was a child. And that explains a lot about me. And (laughs) Those formative years. Yeah. And I get Windy City stuck in my head all the time. But just that one bit where she's like, Hi, Joe, where'd you get those fancy clothes? I know, off some fella's laundry line. And also I like doing the accent. Mm. Obviously we're quite, we're British and I'm probably completely destroying that accent, (laughs) but I love it. It's great. But I do really like, there's some some really nice moments as well, you know. Um, The bit where she's all like showing off about Adelaide and then 
on comes Katie and then everyone like she gets strung up and they're all and she's like darn it gosh darn it put me down put me down you put me down yeah it's really fun like yeah, I just Bill. love her energy and she's mm. great and and the wonderful Frances Fryer the drag queen yeah I did like Frances yeah. There's a lot to love in it. Like I say, the one thing I was kind of iffy about was the depiction of the Native Americans. Yes. But I guess of that time with the Western, it's going to be in there and it could have been a lot worse. It could have. And we're not saying that's okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Because be... it was not. Yeah. But we were pleasantly surprised, which is tragic, isn't it, really? It is. So we are going to go over to Tara Kabash. Yay. I actually haven't heard this one yet because Tara... Tara sent us a voice note. Sent us a voice note. I've not listened to this yet. So we're going to listen to it. I don't know that I've ever heard Tara's voice before. Me either. So I'm very, very excited. Uh, We're going to pass over to Tara and then we're going to talk about her thoughts. But I genuinely don't know. I've not listened to this yet. Mm -hmm. Hello. It's lovely being able to speak to you for a change instead of just listening to you all the time. Um, as much as I love your voices. (laughs) Uh, I would have to say that my favorite episode of the year was your Bed Knobs and Broomsticks episode. It's absolutely one of my favorite films growing up. Uh, We probably wore out our VHS that we had. Um, So I really loved listening to your initial coverage of the film and then being able to hear your thoughts on the stage show which I don't know if I will ever be able to see it. I don't know if it's going to come to the US at any point. Um, So I really appreciated being able to experience it vicariously through you and hear the comparisons to the film and your thoughts. Um, And just always really appreciate listening to everything you two talk about. But this one had the added nostalgia for me. Um, So thank you for covering it again. Um, I hope you guys have a great day and hopefully I'll speak to you sometime soon. Cute. That was so cool. <laughs> you know what it's like when you see people's pictures and then you hear the voice. We had it with Elena when we first got voice notes and with Jared when Jared. You're <laughs> like, oh my God, you have a voice. Right. And like, that's amazing. And thank you so much, Tara, for that. And we've talked a lot about bed knobs already, but it's really, I guess we've done the two for one. <laughs> it's great that you've done the two for one as well, because. Yeah. You know, for me, it was one of the things I struggled most with about the musical version of bed knobs and broomsticks and obviously those of you who've listened to it know how heavy the spoiler tags are for it mm-hmm. because it is new and different and different and, and like we were, there's an element that's very we loved it but we were angry about it at yeah, the same time but there's an element that is very cool because i don't know if there's another podcast that's ever covered it oh yeah you know like that's very cool to me is the fact that we're possibly the only podcast that I'm aware of and I'm so sorry if there's a podcast out there that has covered it and I'm ignoring you I'm I'm so sorry if I'm doing that but to be one of possibly a few that have covered it and mm. you know for listeners in other territories that may not get to see it you yeah. know to, to be able to bring that experience to you I'm glad you've enjoyed it so thank you so much Tara and yes we look forward to hearing more from you Number three, we're in the end game now. Yeah. Top three. So these are the the, the, the the elite. So my third one is based on 
my enjoyment of you watching this show. Fair enough. And how you reacted to it. Because you didn't think you were going to like this going in and you came out absolutely loving the way that the show was done. Yeah. It's an Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Cats. No. Because Cats is number one. Cats is number one. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, what other Andrew Lloyd Webber? Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah. Okay. We still listen to this in the car sometimes. We do. You... I just really, because I obviously I'd seen it before. I'd seen the version that we were watching before, which is the Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin uh, was phenomenal. Arena tour, and they all were in that version. It's great, isn't it? Mousy, like, Elf, they were great. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, just, is it Ben uh, Forster? I think. Yeah, Elf. <laughs> and just the fact that going into it, you were like, I don't know, it's another religious Andrew Lloyd Webber. You liked Joseph, but you weren't fussed by it. And you were like, okay, I don't know what this is going to be like. And we sat and watched it and you were like, oh my God, this like huge rock musical. Might be the wrong way to phrase that one there, True. (laughs) No, and you're right. In Jesus Christ Superstar did not make my list. Again, I wanted one Andrew Lloyd Webber. I know, I can't believe I've got three. It's why Cats didn't make it. Um, If I could have a top three Andrew Lloyd Webber, Jesus Christ Superstar and Cats would be on it. Mm -hmm. I love the artwork you did for Jesus Christ Superstar. And it's nothing to do with the actual musical. But you... Do you remember how you had the protest and one who had the Che Guevara top? And you drew me with a Che Guevara top, but it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's Che Guevara. Oh, my God, yeah. I thought that was great. Tim Minchin was phenomenal. The whole cast was great. And I really liked... And I think it set a tone for me of, does it have to be set time period? Like West Side Story. Mm. We talked about that. But seeing... The story of Jesus and his last days. Yeah, because you were expecting this all to be set of the time. Yeah. But I really, really liked seeing it that way. And I know that there's a film version that looks very much of the time that it should be. Which is why we did not watch that yes. version. This is this <laughs> it's was, not bad, it's just not as good. This was the right version to watch. Like Chris Moyles, I did not expect to enjoy his little cameo as much. And you know, you are We the listen Christ, to that song all yeah. the time. I, I want to do that role. If I get the chance to like a talent show or something, like, oh man, All Star Musicals is coming back. And I still 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 think that it's got potential to be like a, a ten week long reality show. And mm. I'd love to be a contestant ITV. If you're gonna do it, let me on it, please. Andrew Lloyd Webber week. I don't know what I would do if I do Skimble Shanks or if you rather Christ. I think you'd have to do You know, like <sighs> he's a controversial figure. But damn does he know how to write some good songs. Did he? Um, I feel like it's sort of petered out in recent years. It has. I I can't say fully because one of my musicals I'm yet to talk about is his second most recent. Huh? You'll you'll know in a pick or two. <laughs> second most recent? It's what, Cinderella? Well, Cinderella's the most recent. It's the one predating Cinderella. All right. Which we've seen twice this year. But... Yeah, he knows how to write some great songs. Okay. My brain doesn't work, apparently. It's fine, because that's not my next choice. My third choice... What is your number three? Yeah. I could only choose one Star Kid. Charles Oregon? No. (gasps) Traitor! What have I listened to more than anything else? Yeah. Yeah. 
I love Trout to Oregon. I love Speed Run. I love the moment where Jerry Richter does his whole, when the world's at stake. Nope. You know, nope. <laughs> I was just inspired by you. I loved Black Friday so much. Mm-hmm. And while Starship wasn't as fun, Starkid have been like this great, this absolutely amazing introduction. And I know I'm going to have a good week if you're watching something Starkid. Yeah. I have listened to the Twisted soundtrack so much. And I love it. I love the opening song. Mm -hmm. I think Dream a Little Harder is brilliant. I love the fact that they've blended Aladdin with Wicked so well. Yeah. I really love Take Off Your Clothes. (laughs) But I love Aladdin's like, I steal everything, you know, Thunder in scenes, intellectual property, whatever that means. And yeah. if you look harder, I I really enjoyed it. And I think if there is ever a day that I feel really ill, Ooh, I know I could that. put that on and it would cheer me up. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. And I could talk for ages about Starkid. And I'm going to save it because I'm sure at some point when we reach the end of the Starkids, we'll do an episode, a retrospective on them. Yeah. And maybe rank our star kids then. I'm sure Twisted will be up there as number one or in the conversation. Trout Oregon was great. I loved the gimmick. And Jeff Blim is amazing. Hmm. They all are. Lauren Lopez is great. Jamie Lynn Betty is great. Dylan Saunders is amazing. And I've grown to really respect him as a performer so much more than just based on what I'd seen in the very Potter series. You know, you see him in Black Friday and you look at his Dumbledore in the first thing they did and you look at where he is now and that growth as a performer is amazing. Yeah. But Twisted is my number three musical. Yes, I'm not surprised. So uh, we've got two more contributions from some lovely listeners and this one is lovely we received this email on the 2nd of december and i read it to you and it 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 was really moving and i really really liked this one and i wanted to share this one you know as one of our penultimate um contributions and this one is from emily hollick hello lovely humans first of all thank you for being the most authentic and charming people to listen to on a weekly basis I absolutely adore your podcast and since discovering it in August when I finally started a job where I was allowed to have my headphones in as much as the day allowed came my love for this. The first episode I listened to was your one on the slipper in the rose which still stands as probably my favourite one you've done. <laughs> I love that. We peaked. We peaked at slipper in the rose, yep. Not only is it a super nostalgic film for me having watched it a lot as a child but I have never come across anyone who had actually seen it let alone enjoyed it as much as you did. Thank you for reviewing it and making me feel warm and fuzzy whilst also opening up my eyes to your wonderful podcast and subscribing pretty much instantly. Aww. Thank you to Ray. <laughs> yep, that's her fault. <laughs> that is on Ray. Um, I also, this is one we talked about a little bit controversially. Hmm. I also absolutely loved your review on Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. I went to go and see it with my partner in September after seeing the huge hype and also having a bit of nostalgic love for Carrie Hope Fletcher, who I've watched on YouTube for years and I've seen her in previous shows. I loved I Know I Have a Heart and Bad Cinderella, so I went in with super high expectations and came out, and I hate to say it, disappointed Mm. i actually ended up seeing the alternate cinderella not that it bothered me and i actually loved that i saw her as it gave me almost a fresh expectation and think that covers aren't given nearly as much respect as they deserve they do their job for a reason and wouldn't have been cast if they were going to be rubbish 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And the cover for Sebastian and her stepmother, pretty sure it was both their first shows too. I was in no way disappointed by their talent, acting and singing performances. However, I really found the storyline disjointed and a bit odd. As a lesbian woman going to see this show, I found the half-nakedness of the ensemble men rather odd and didn't really understand why they had a Magic Mike-esque part to the show. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was only set for a very specific target audience and instantly stamped the show as unsuitable for children when it really wasn't at all necessary. The ending all happened very quickly and felt very random. The songs were all very samey and I just didn't get it. The cast were amazing, but the show itself, I have to say, I didn't enjoy. After my experience and seeing all of the insane reviews that didn't reflect my opinion, it was very refreshing to hear your take on it. Yeah. I think that's more your take than mine. <laughs> but yeah, I think some really good points there. Like, it's not an indictment on the cast. I think they do their all. Like, Ivano... Based on what is being heard from theatres I think the cast are doing their absolute best to work with something that is failing yeah unfortunately and I'm not surprised that Andrew Lloyd Webber has since closed the show until February and I'm really sorry for all of those amazing talented actors who aren't going to get paid until the show reopens but what I'm most positive with is the fact that these young actors now have a big show that opened on the West End on their CVs and hopefully it is a platform onto bigger and better things because mm. they are all tremendously talented. Some other ones I loved were Billy Elliot, another one I think is super underrated, so really love to hear your thoughts on that. Mary Poppins Returns. My little brother and I watched the original so much when we were little on video that we wore out the tape and had to be bought another one. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Not Mary Poppins for me. Me, it was The Lion King. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely happened. Uh, Due to this, I was super sceptical and not very interested in this one. However, after watching it on a cosy December evening last year, I fell in love and it brought many a nostalgic tear to my eye. Also lovely to hear you fall in love just like I did. Mary Poppins Returns didn't make my list, but... If we did all the Disney ones that we've covered, If we did just the Disney list. I enjoyed it and I love the fact that it is... Again, we talked about this West Side Story. It's a legacy sequel. It relies heavily on nostalgia and I think it does that brilliantly. Mm Mm-hmm. Plus, Colin Firth is really good in it. His little evil twist and turn as the 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 banker. Oh my god, I forgot he was. I in also, there. do you know what else I remember? Is my theory on the fact that it isn't like it's Bert at the end. It's not Dick Van Dyke in the same it's role. Bert it's Bert as the guy, and yeah. like Mary Poppins is swindling everyone. Mm-hmm. Here's one that you're going to be happy to talk about. We already have, but. High School Musical Trilogy. Absolutely. Definitely on Drew's side when it comes to these. Loved them growing up and will still have an occasional binge through them a couple of times a year. I loved hearing Danny's take on it and his love for Troy is truly heartwarming. However, I do have to say that I have a soft spot for Gabriella. As much as she is more of a bland character, she has a sweetheart and I do think her and Troy are a super cute couple. Ah, I'm getting all my wildcats calling in today. T for Troy. <laughs> it's one of my other favourite things. We 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 refer to T for Troy for a lot of, a yeah, lot of things. Yeah, we do. I will get Drew mugs with D. And he's like, no, D for Danny. Yeah. I got um, a mug from my manager at work and opened it and it's got a D on it. And I was like, oh, D for Drew? No, D for Danny. And if you put our names together, D and D, we are Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, indeed. We're the cool kids. <laughs> Kelsey is my MVP for all three films and I can't help but adore her. Personally and controversially, so my favourite films go in order of three, two, one in terms of best to worst. <laughs> I'm outnumbered. Thank you. That is the same as me, Emily. 
thank you. Also, on another note, your wedding episodes are amazing. As someone who got engaged last December and planning for an October 2022 wedding, it's lovely to hear about a normal... I say normal, it's in... Uh, Not rich. Well, it's in the quotation marks, so mm. a, a normal... A uh, British couple who doesn't have 30 plus grand to spend going through the same process I am too. Yep. Also, I'm here for all the of the non-traditional things you are doing. Yeah, congratulations on your engagement. Yeah, congratulations to you and your partner as well on your engagement. Um, so cool. Sorry this is so long, but here is my word vomit over something I love dearly from a 23-year-old sleep-deprived human. Dog is currently waking me up every morning at 4am. Epic. I mean, we wish we had a dog. I wish I had a dog. Thank you, Emily. Um that you know and that's at m holic h-o-l-l-i-c-k on instagram and uh yeah thank you for that and you know i love uh our interactions like you know part of what makes this show so special for me is the interactions with listeners especially if i've had a bad day just having someone to talk musicals to is Mm. really nice so thank you that that was really lovely to get that from you number two is my Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. We've seen it twice. I have actually figured out what this is. I I mean, this is the thing. If I've seen something more than once, it has to be up there. There's very few things we have watched on this show twice since watching it initially. However, I'm a little bit insulted because the plot of this podcast, Danny... Is that I introduce you to musicals? I get that that you haven't seen yet. I know, and we and you're about to talk about one that you made me watch. Yeah, but that was quite nice to flip the formula. And and this is the thing: I can't, I can't have a calendar year go by where we have seen School of Rock Mm -hmm. and not have it up there. Yeah, I knew this would be on your list somewhere. I have a tattoo specifically because of School of Rock, and Mm -hmm. I plan on adding "Stick It to the Man" on my tattoo. Because I just love this show. We actually saw it yesterday again in Oxford. Yeah, we did. Because one of our students was performing in it and they mm-hmm. were phenomenal. And I love this show because of the platform it gives to youngsters and to showcase the talent in youngsters. And as a teacher, the impact that we have on young lives, yeah, especially in subjects that are marginalised because they're the arts, by a government that doesn't always... As to be frank, by a government that doesn't support the arts the way they should. Mm. First to be closed, last to open. You know, I think that sums it up, doesn't it, really? To see this show this year again and to share something I love with you, I get why you want to do this podcast. Yeah. Every week, you know, you've said it to me that, you know, this is a guaranteed date night. You get to share something you love with me. I got that feeling with School of Rock. And it may not be perfect. I am word perfect on every song. I can listen to the songs time and time again. This still makes me cry. Mm-hmm. I sobbed yesterday watching it. Yep. I've seen this musical now five times, possibly six. And it just always makes me feel happy. I'm always bopping along. I just think it's great. And, you know, the lyrics and the music are phenomenal. And I know that... It wasn't one that's going to rank for you. Yeah. And I know you didn't have the same response to it, which like, you know, that sums up a lot of episodes we've covered. I know you in you know, Rent is one that you were very disheartened by my reaction to. Mm-hmm. You know, there can't always be winners. But School of Rock will always be a winner for me. 
to be to you know to to to, to be soppy over it. Mm-hmm. What was your number two? My number two is Little Women. Yeah, that's that. I, that's how where it ended up on my list. But I feel like it's for similar reasons for me and having School of Rock. Yeah. Do you want to add anything more on Little Women? No, I feel like we talked about it enough. Yeah. Little Women was so special and I'm disappointed it's closed. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad like we got a chance to see it. And I I know that there's quite a few people I've spoken to who actually went to see it because we, we covered that episode. Cool. Yeah. And there's a few kids I teach that went to see it because they heard us talk about it. That's really For me, cool. that's amazing. So Little Women is up there as well. Mm-hmm. So our last interaction we have is from somebody who we love very, very much, who has been a really, maybe one of the best parts of this podcast is forming a friendship with this individual over the internet. Mm -hmm. And that's Elena. Uh, I love that you have covered so many of my favourites and classics. And I was also introduced to some new ones that I never heard about, like Trail to Oregon. I've never watched one of their productions before. So it was very interesting to listen and to kind of imagine it in my head. Uh, that really kept me going during grad school, so I appreciate that. I just appreciate you guys. Seriously, this podcast means so much to me, more than you probably realise. I'm so glad we've got to build a friendship out of it online, and I so appreciate your support, and the same goes for us. Yeah. Something I want to add to your year in review is about bed knobs and broomsticks, which is one of my favourite episodes that you guys did. I'm such a huge fan of the movie. It had a huge impact on me as a kid and growing up because it was a movie musical and my life was wrapped around movie musicals. It's how I practiced my singing and it's what I found joy in. You guys did a really good job of going to see the stage show and giving me a run through of everything without making me not want to see the stage show because I felt like you told me everything I needed to know. I still want to see the stage show because of what you told me. And just the detail that you went into without giving away too much was perfect because I didn't feel like it was a spoiler or anything. And it really makes me want to see it. Hopefully it will come to the States. Yeah. I also love how you both find hidden meanings in shows. You don't just barely scrape the surface. You go deeper into the meaning of shows. I really felt that in Into the Woods, which is one of my, which is my absolute favourite Sondheim musical. And I know Drew and I had a lot of things in common as far as you know what we felt the hidden meanings were and i really like that we have different thoughts too when she would say something and i was like oh that's a good point you know and then i was like oh my gosh that makes so much sense and i really appreciate that and into the woods is another one of my top episodes the funny girl episode was very interesting to me because it's my favorite movie musical and i think after listening to the podcast i had a lot of different takes on things which isn't a bad thing like i said you raised points i never thought of before and i really found that very compelling yeah Thank you, Elena. We thank you, Elena. And, you know, I've said it before to you and I've said it on the show, your friendship does mean a lot to us as well. And thank you for contributing. We've talked about bed knobs and broomsticks a lot. I, I, I think that's probably one of the most consistent ones. And for a lesser known Disney film mm-hmm. that maybe doesn't get the respect it deserves, at least in our small portion of the internet, it's really nice to see it get some appreciation. Funny Girl, my my biggest memory of Funny Girl <laughs> is the blank screen with just music making me think <laughs> yeah, the TV was like, broken. Is it broken? Is it not working? It was is my favourite, one of my favourite things about it. and That and that they're on the street where the bar is in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. And there's a sequel. Funny Woman, yeah. Yeah, I want to see the sequel. Maybe we should do it. 
you know, in Funny Girl Week. Mm. Is it not good? <laughs> I just don't like it. Fair enough. So, number one. We know what your number one is. Yeah, we do. Let's talk about cats. Yeah. Because cats is a num- is number 11. I really enjoy cats. Mm-hmm. I know. I forced you to enjoy cats. But I also... Like, the same way that we do with everything, all the shows that we've watched that I've chosen, or that I've been like, no, we have to do this one. Cats, before we watched it, the only reason we covered it was because I was like, nope, it's my birthday week. We're watching Cats. And you were like, okay, fine. I knew we'd watch it. I got you both Cats on Blu-ray for Christmas a Mm. year ago. (laughs) Like, yep. You know, I knew it was coming and I'm glad it was. And since then, we've listened to like a whole bunch of the songs pretty consistently. Not just the ones from this version, the 1997 version, but also from the movie. I don't think, I think we might be some of the more positive voices on the movie, to be honest. And I'm really excited for you to hear the episode. We've not recorded it yet, Mm. but I get a feeling we'll be quite positive about it. Which I have a lot of stuff to say about the changes that they made, but they're not overwhelmingly bad in the same way that my 2004 Phantom... You know how, like, we were, we're possibly the first podcast to do Bedknobs and Broomsticks. We might be the first form of media to actually enjoy Cats, the 2019 <laughs> film. You never know. And I'm sure there's loads of people out there who are like, no, I enjoyed Cats. And good. Welcome to my cult. Yes, please do let us know why you will forever be a jellical cat. I am a jellical cat. What is it then for Cats that just endures for you that is always up there? So as we have heard multiple times this eve um cats was one of the first shows i ever owned on vhs i broke the vhs of this and my mum went to buy another one by which point they were out of print you could not get another one and it hadn't been put onto dvd yet so i just couldn't watch it anymore and it was like one of the most formative musicals for me because i was like i have no clue what's happening i was like four or five years old absolutely no clue what's going on But they're all singing and dancing, and I love it. I went to every single book week, like book fair, dressed as a cat from Cats. Well, you have the book. Because it's a book. Yeah, you... The T.S. Eliot, like, Old Possum's Book of Cats. Yeah. So I got away with that, and I won a prize one time for my costume, so very pleased. I love Cats. I think it's amazing. I think it's just a good time. Yeah. And... And there are some great songs. Most of the songs are bops. And if there's a song that you're like, mm, not so into this one, then there's beautiful dancing happening. Yeah. Or there's people in the background doing stuff that you can then focus in on. Like if you're not hugely into um, the Gumby Cat song, Jenny Any Dots, in the background while that's happening, the tugger is being really irritating and just yeah. messing around. So you can just watch him. And I know that we've talked as well, like when we inevitably get a cat, mm-hmm. we will probably be giving it a cat's based name. Absolutely. I I did really enjoy it when we watched it. I thought the choreography was great. I loved the set design. I thought Skimble was great. Mm-hmm. And the train that they make. The in train the is song. great. Mm-hmm. I still controversially think I prefer the slower version of Mr. Mistopheles. I like the addition of the plot. And we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Yeah. But like the Tugger's relationship with with Mr. Mistopheles is great. Yep. Mungo Jerry, Rumple Teaser. There are some really, really awesome moments. And mm. 
I'd love to see Cats live. And also Elaine Page. Uh, oh, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of very talented people. But I think it's the only thing you've seen her in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll hopefully change that going forward. Please and thank you. So that's your number one. Yes. Do you think you know what my number one is going to be? I have absolutely no idea. Give me some clues. So, I've, like <laughs> I said, clues. since we started this show, mm-hmm. there are a few musicals I have watched back. Singing. singing in the Rain? Yep. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say Singing right, okay. in the Rain. Singing in the Rain, we covered last November. We watched on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Anna and the Apocalypse, we covered last December. And we we rewatched it before we went on Pod Clubhouse to talk about it for the fifty two weeks of Christmas. And shout out to those guys because they're amazing. I've rewatched School of Rock many a time. Mm-hmm. This musical, we left the theatre discussing going to see it again and making plans to go see it again. And sure enough, within two months, we'd seen it again. Because we took Laurie to see it when she came down. Oh my god. How did I not guess that Frozen was going to be your number one show? <laughs> Frozen was perfect. It was. It's amazing. It's so good. The changes that they've made, I think, as somebody who enjoyed the film, but wasn't as into it as you are, the stuff that they added made it better yeah. for me as a casual viewer. Yeah. Whereas for you, it must have been like... It was like seeing Father Christmas for the first time, <laughs> you know. He's real like good. as as a child, when you go and you see Father Christmas, and you're like, "This is it. This is magical." Mm-hmm. Seeing Samantha Barks on stage as Elsa, seeing Steph McKeown as Anna, like seeing Sven come out, Olaf, having Olaf. The I uh, tell you what, that is probably my favorite single moment of live theater that we've seen this year is when the first time we went to see it... Tell the guards to open up the gates, the gate, and everyone comes. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Is the the moment when I was like, they put this really weird little like mound oh, of then, ice yes. on. I was expecting Olaf to pop up from behind it, and then it turns into the postcard, and I was just sat there like, yeah, this is amazing. Summer. This is incredible. Yeah, Craig Gallivant is amazing as Olaf. Mm-hmm. And Oliver Olmson as Hans... You genuinely forget what Hans is going to do because he's so likeable. And he's having Hans of the Southern oh Isles, yeah. Obioma. The 13th son of a king. Yeah. I want that outfit too. Obioma Aguala as Kristoff is just brilliant. I love. What do you know about anything? The anything? Bridge. The oh my bridge, God. that set piece where it comes across. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my days. And to see Let It Go. Is just it was amazing. I think people talk about Disney has a lot of money. Yeah. And you know what? When they spend it on stuff like this, I'm like, good. Right? <laughs> of course they do. The this money went into making a magnificent, beautiful show mm-hmm. that does justice. I said to you that my biggest fear going into Frozen was what if it was a, a, a panto cash grab? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. They know what they have and they, they put the money and the effort into not sully the license. And we made Laurie cry. We made Laurie cry. So we went to see it again. We didn't tell Laurie. She came down with her boyfriend and he knew. We'd bought them tickets and we made a surprise. So we went to London for the day. We walked past the theatre 
and they're like, oh, okay, you have two choices because um, for your birthday, we can either um, go to this bar that we've pre been pretending that we're going to all evening. And we were like, oh, yeah, it's like a cocktail experience. Um, or we can go and see Frozen. Right outside Drury Lane. She thought I was kidding. She was like, oh, yeah, well, obviously Frozen. And we were like, okay. We went in with our tickets and she started sobbing. <laughs> Actual sobbing. So Just good. because she, she didn't, she thought we were joking. Yep. And thought, we like, never she, joke about musicals. She thought we were playing the we're big deals. We have a podcast card that we we're going to try and joke around. But the fact that we then got the tickets and we got in, she was crying solidly for like mm -hmm. 10 minutes. It just was a, a amazing show. And I've seen so much love for the show online. And like whoever is running their social media, like who, you know, when, when new shows were opening up and like posting them, like with Frozen themed jokes, the whole world is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And it was a show that could have gone either way. I had such high expectations and it delivered. And for me to sob again, both times, it was it was magical. And there is, n there is nothing else this year that compares to seeing Frozen for me. Mm. It really isn't. So that's my number one, Frozen. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I should have figured that out sooner. There are so many shows we could have put on. Like I could go through honourable mentions of all these different shows. You know, um, I'm not going to, but I, I could quite easily because there have been some amazing shows. There's been some not so amazing shows, you know, shows that I've not enjoyed as much as others. But I've had such an amazing year talking musicals with you. Mm so thank you okay. and thank you to everyone who's listened to any one of our episodes this year to anyone who supported us and to anyone who's ever got involved in the conversation over on twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod we appreciate every single one of you and you know life has been difficult for us this year as it has for everyone and i said this at west side story we hope that we might be a bright light in someone's otherwise dark day and if we have done that for you i'm so glad that we've been able to make a difference yeah and thank you for your ongoing support thank you to everyone who's got involved in this conversation today i really enjoyed talking about your views as well it's time for us to uh get some prosecco some champagne we're going to start counting down now to new year's this will be the last time you hear our voices in 2021. Yeah. So uh, make sure you are subscribed on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library. You can find us on Stitcher, Good Pods and Podbean, as well as many others. Make sure you're subscribed and why not end 2021 by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Podchase.com or Good Pods. Make sure you're subscribed because we will continue to bring you what I hope is excellent content through 2022. I hope you all have an amazing new year. If you need any help sticking to those resolutions, reach out to me. But we will see you same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical New Year.